going to talk about wisdom for leadership. Wisdom for leadership. We'll begin by turning your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Wisdom for leadership. The book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Notice it says, wisdom is the what? Principal thing. Therefore, do what? Get wisdom. With all thy getting, get what? Understanding. Once again, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Say it again. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. And you'll find this repeated time and time again in the book of Proverbs, if you've ever read it. Come on, say amen, somebody. What you'll see, it is the what? Principal thing. Not faith. Not grace. Not love. Not any of the things that we know need such a prominent place in our lives. But wisdom is the principal thing. Now, it says that because why? All of these other things, faith, all these other truths, grace, love, how they operate in our lives is wisdom. Amen. Amen. Let me say it again. How they operate in our lives is what? Wisdom. If we understand how wisdom is defined, come on, say amen, somebody. It's the principal thing. Let me say it again. If we understand how wisdom is defined, it's the what? Principal thing. So we need to have an understanding and a revelation of what wisdom is and how it operates in our life and what fruit we should see as a result. Are you following me? Why? So we can deliberately pursue wisdom. Why? So we can what? Deliberately what? Pursue wisdom. Well, look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. It reads, are you there yet? For those of you who are still turning to the Bibles and not just pulling their arms folded and not you know, looking at the Bible. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2, it says, So that thou incline thy ear unto what? Wisdom. Applying thy heart to what? Understanding. Yeah, if thou cryest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for what? Understanding. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for what? Hid treasures. Then shalt thou what? Understand what? The fear of the Lord and find the what? Knowledge of who? God. Now here we see two other concepts that go hand in hand with wisdom, and that is knowledge and what? Understanding. Somebody say knowledge and understanding. And over and over again in Proverbs, we see knowledge, understanding, and wisdom mentioned in the same breath, functioning together and flowing together. How many people have read the book of Proverbs? Some of y'all got some homework to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, how is wisdom defined? Wisdom is defined as the application of knowledge producing the desired result. 
You're not going to remember that. So you need to write it down, you know. Wisdom is defined as the application of knowledge producing the desired result. In other words, knowledge in and of itself does, does no good, folks. It produces nothing in someone's life, but you still have to have it. Amen? Amen. You have to have knowledge. Well, let's define knowledge. Knowledge is defined as the acquisition of facts and data and information. Knowledge is defined as what? Let's see how good you are. Some of y'all ain't writing down how good you are. Knowledge is defined as what? Come on. Uh, don't be repeating what they said people wrote down now. <laughs> it's the acquisition of facts and data and information. Amen? See, knowledge has to be in place in order for wisdom to have something to work with. Say it again. Knowledge has to be in place in order for what? Wisdom to have something to work with. See, knowledge of the truth is implied when we talk about gaining knowledge. Let's say that once again. Knowledge of the truth is what we're talking about. Come on. When we talk about what? Gaining what? Knowledge. What's the Bible say in John 8, 32? John 8, 32. What's it say? And you show what? You show what? Know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. See, knowledge of the truth is something we acquire. It's something we acquire through what? Studying. It's something we acquire through reading. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's something we acquire through listening to anointed preaching. It's not something that grace just drops on your head. Are you following me? See, you can't have faith for knowledge and never do anything about it. Let me say it again. You can't have faith, come on, for knowledge and never do anything about it. Why? Because this is part of our growth in God. Tell your neighbor, this is part of our growth in God. It's part of what we need to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. We need to acquire Knowledge. We need to what? We need to what? Acquire knowledge. Then, when it comes to understanding, what is understanding? Understanding is really when the light goes off. It's when? See, we can acquire knowledge. We can acquire knowledge. And not see how it can affect our lives. Are you with me out here? We can acquire knowledge and not really understand how to put it to work in our lives. Then one day the light goes off. Come, Anybody listening to me out there? And some of you have read the word of God for years. Some of you in the name of Jesus. You read it for years. Then all of a sudden, there's one passage that you've been reading time and time and time again, and it's like suddenly it jumps off the page. What happened? The light got turned on. 
What happened? Understanding came. Somebody say understanding came. And see, as you compare the progression of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to the process of faith unfolding in your life, you can actually say understanding is where faith begins in a person's life. You hear what I just said? Why? The light goes off. Tell your neighbor the light goes off. And see, you can acquire knowledge and immerse yourself in that knowledge. Renew your mind until hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word about that particular kind of truth. Then you begin to speak in line with it. You begin to meditate it and meditate it and meditate it and meditate it. Then one day, the light goes off. Did you see the process? The process. Did you see the process? What happens? Understanding comes. And what happens? It seems to penetrate your heart at that point. Look at Matthew 13, 19. We know when Jesus talks about the sower, sow of the word. It says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the word or received the seed by the what? Wayside. And see, the reason the seed of God's word lies unproductive in a person's life is because they understand it not. Okay. Uh, are y'all ready for this tonight? Let me say it again. The reason the seed of God's words lies unproductive in a person's life is because they what? Understand it not. See, when understanding comes, it penetrates. When understanding comes, it what? Penetrates. So it's like knowledge is acquired. Come on. Understanding is what? The light going off. Are you following me out here? Then when that occurs, as you immerse yourself in that knowledge that you gained, now wisdom is in position to occur. Let me go over that one more time because most of you are looking at me like, what did you say? Say it again. Knowledge is acquired. Understanding the light goes off. Then what occurs as you immerse yourself in the knowledge that you gained. You immerse yourself in the what? In the knowledge that you what? That you gained. Now wisdom is in position to occur in your life. What's the definition of wisdom? It's what? It's the what? The application of knowledge producing what? The desired result. Are you got it? Do you have it? Come on, do you have it? Look at James chapter 2 verse 17. 
See, once the understanding has come, once the what? Once the understanding has come, wisdom begins to produce the desired fruit because what? Of the understanding that you have. Let me say it again. Once understanding has come, wisdom begins to produce the what? The desired fruit because along with understanding, guess what happens? Behavior is modified or changed. Let me say that again. Once the understanding has come, wisdom begins to do what? Produce the desired result. Come on, say amen, somebody. Or desired fruit. Because along with understanding, what happens? Behavior is modified or changed. And a lot of times we look at James chapter 2 verse 17. Turn there. We look at this scripture where it says, Even so faith, James chapter 2 verse 17, Even so faith, if it has not works, is what? Dead, what? Being alone. In other words, faith without corresponding action is what? Dead. Now, you got to be careful of this because why? This could lead us down the wrong path because why? If we try to generate or suddenly try to generate the willpower to do what we decide to believe, come on, without it being in our heart, it ends up being nothing but a legalistic effort that produces nothing except a form of bondage in and of itself. Let me say it again. This could lead us down the wrong path because why? If we suddenly try to what? Generate the willpower to do what we decide to believe without it being where? Without it being where? Without it being where? In our heart, it ends up being but nothing but a legalistic what? Effort that produces nothing except a form of bondage in itself. Meditate that for a little bit. You want me to say it again? I'll say it again. Once again, this could lead us down the wrong path because why? Because if we suddenly try to generate, we try to generate the willpower to do what we decide to believe. Come on. Without it being in our heart. Come on, you read a scripture and you decide to do it, but it ain't in your heart. Come on, say amen, somebody. What's it end up doing? It ends up being nothing but a legalistic effort that produces nothing in your life except the form of bondage in and of itself. Did you get it that time? Okay. So when faith comes, when the light gets turned on, when the seed of the word drops in your heart, one of the evidences, somebody say one of the evidences, of that is that your life will change. Your behavior will change to reflect what you now believe. I guess let me say that one more time. When faith comes, when the light gets turned on, 
When the seed of the word drops into your heart, one of the evidences of that, that, that one of the evidences of that that's in your life, or one, let me get it right. One of the evidence is that your life will change. Your behavior will begin to change to what? To reflect what you now believe. When faith actually begins growing in a human heart, then behavior begins to change. When faith actually begins growing in a human heart, then behavior begins to change. What people are having is there's no behavior change because faith has not actually grown in their heart, so they act the same way. Anybody in here today? Come on, say amen, somebody. What happened again? When favor what? When faith actually begins what? Growing in the what? Human heart. Then what? Behavior begins to change. And understand this. This is where this is where corresponding action falls in place. Come on, faith about corresponding action. This is where corresponding action what falls in place. Then faith will what? Begin producing the desired result. I'm trying to go slow so y'all can get this. Come on. Come on, say amen, somebody. But wisdom, once again, is defined as what? The ability to put knowledge to work and have it produce the what? The desired fruit. And there's natural wisdom and there's spiritual wisdom. There's what? Natural wisdom and what? Spiritual wisdom. God deals in both arenas, folks. Somebody say, God deals in both arenas. But it's the ability, it's the ability to take knowledge that you have acquired and see it produce the desired result. It's the ability to do what? Take knowledge that you have acquired and see it what? Produce the desired result. For example, if it's healing, for instance, you may have gained knowledge of what the word says. By Jesus stripes, I am healed. Therefore, you are healed. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, you now know the will of God, but it's still going to take some things to get it from the knowledge to the fruit of healing in your life. You may know the will of God that it's, it's, your, it's God's will that you prosper and be in what? Help even as your what? Soul prospers. But to see the physical manifestation of prosperity, to see the physical manifestation of your healing, listen, it is a matter of wisdom unfolding in your life and in what you do. See, there are things that I have decided to believe. And there are things that I have embraced with my faith. But it never produced the desired result. Anybody in here with me? Yeah. Say it again. There are things that I've decided to believe. And there are things that I have embraced with my faith, but it never produced the desired result. 
what we didn't understand, wisdom is that process. Somebody say wisdom is that process. That's why wisdom is the principal thing. Come on, are you getting it yet? That's why wisdom is the what? It's the principal thing. It provides the context in which faith and grace are able to do the things that God desires and what we desire. I say I'm about to be going over this all time and time again throughout this whole sermon. It provides the context in which faith and grace are able to do the things that God desires and what we desire. Come on, are you with me out there? So what we want to talk about today, like we started out, we want to talk about wisdom for leadership. Wisdom for what? Leadership. But I want I wanted to lay a foundation first. Look at Matthew 20, verse 27. We're talking about wisdom for leadership. We know Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 27, And whosoever will be the chief among you, let him be your what? Let him be your what? Servant. Come on, this is, this is wisdom imparted by the word or knowledge. Come on, say amen, somebody. That you will hopefully carry it, that, that will hopefully, that you, that we, hopefully it'll carry us through the stages that we just talked about. This is the word on it, right? But you got to be what? It says you got to be a what? You got to be a what? You got to be a what? In other words, you got to get over yourself. There are no superstars in the kingdom. Let me say it again. There are no superstars in the kingdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for you to get over yourself. Why? Because that's the first step in wisdom for leadership. Come on, say amen, somebody. Getting over yourself. Getting over yourself. See, you have to, listen, you have to be a servant if you're going to succeed in the kingdom of God. You have to be a what? Servant. If you want to be the chief of them all, you're going to have to see yourself as a servant of all. Well, look at James chapter 3, verse 1. Wisdom for leadership. James 3.1. He says, my brother, be not many what? Masters. Knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. We what? Offend all. If any man offend, not in word, the same as a what? perfect or mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. So it says not to offend in word if you want to bridle. Not to offend in what? Word if you want to what? Bridle. Bridle means to guide. Not to offend, come on, in the word, if you want to bridle or guide anybody. Oh, boy. If you're going to bring guidance or leadership to the body, you're going to have to learn how to communicate without offending anybody. 
Let me say that again. If you're going to bring guidance and leadership to the body, you're going to have to learn how to what? Communicate without offending anybody. The word offend means to produce a threat environment. You know what I just said? The word offend means to what? To produce a what? Threat environment. See, when you offend somebody, what do they do? They go on the defensive. Because of the way you brought correction. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hear this. Okay. <laughs> i say it again. When you offend somebody, they go on the defensive because of the way you brought correction. And see, we have to learn how to cultivate an environment of trust and love instead of a threatening environment. I am talking to a mature crowd in here, right? We have to learn how to what? Cultivate an environment of trust and love instead of a threatening environment. See, until you learn to communicate or not offend in word, you're going to have problems leading. We're told in James 1.19, turn there. James 1.19. It says, wherefore my beloved brethren. Do we have any beloved brethren here? Wherefore my beloved brethren. Let every man. Let every man. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to, and slow to, or you're going to have problems. That's wisdom. To neighbor, that's wisdom. Listen, be slow to speak. Be slow to speak, meaning you don't speak. Until the anger or emotion is not part of it. Then you speak. Okay, anybody in here today. When you speak, you don't speak until what? Until anger and emotion is not part of it. Then you what? Then you what? Then you what? what? Speak. Speak. What are we told in, in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1? Proverbs 15, verse 1. What are we told there? A soft answer. Turn it away what? Wrath, but grievous words. What do they do? What do they do? Stir up anger. See, when somebody else is angry or bringing anger into the relationship, which distorts communication completely, don't defend yourself. He came watch When somebody else is angry, are bringing anger into the relationships which distorts communication completely, don't defend yourself. 
Hey, my, 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 I might, I might have to have an altar right now. Call right now. <laughs> I need an altar call right now. <laughs> in other words, don't respond in kind, folks, which is hard to do sometimes. But you have to learn to keep your mouth shut just for a moment and then give a soft answer. <laughs> I should say a soft answer with a soft expression on your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should say, right? <laughs> Amen. What happened? It'll pop that anger balloon that's blowing up. Oh, you listen to me out here. And what it'll do, it will provide an environment where now a meaningful conversation will occur. Hallelujah. See, wisdom peppers the Bible. For leadership. Come on, say amen, somebody. You see it all over. Look at James 3.17. James 3.17. But the what? Wisdom that is from what? Above is first what? Pure. Then what? Then what? Peaceable. Gentle. And easy to be what? And treated, that means willing to yield to reason. Willing to yield to reason. Full of mercy. And good fruits. Without partiality. And without hypocrisy. So it says they're easy to be what? And treated, that means you can't be a know-it-all. You can't be a what? A not all. And understand this. Most of the good ideas that happen in your life are not going to originate from you. <laughs> did, did you hear what I just said? Tell your neighbor, most of the good ideas that happen in your life are not going to originate with you. So being willing to yield to reason is important. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. amen. But let's kind of switch gears. We'll stay on the same subject. See, the most important thing for us to have is an understanding of the larger context of God's purpose or the big picture regarding wisdom for leadership. Somebody say the big picture. Come on, say God's purpose. Let's look at an example in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Chronicles 1, 7 says, In that night did God appear to Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. I mean, some of y'all read this account. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. 
Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude, millions of people now. So it's in verse 10, give me now what? Wisdom and what? Knowledge. That I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this this, uh, people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, because this was in thy heart. And thou hast not asked for riches. Thou hast not asked wealth or honor, nor the life of thy enemies. Because most of y'all would have said, that one over there, kill him, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Nor the life of thy enemies, neither yet yet has thou asked long life, but has asked what? Wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest what? Judge my people over whom I have made thee what? King. Verse 12, wisdom and knowledge is what? Wisdom and knowledge, verse 12, is what? Granted unto thee. Is what? Granted unto thee, and I will give thee what? I'll give thee what? Wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall be any after thee have the like. Oh, you didn't read. Did you hear what he just said? In other words, When you have wisdom, folks, all these other things we usually ask for get added to us. Let me say it again. When you have wisdom, all these other things that we usually ask for get what? Added to us. See, when you pursue wisdom and God responds, then it's going to affect every arena of your life, your family, your business, and whatever you endeavor to do. When you what? Pursue wisdom. And you'll find levels of honor, levels of riches, levels of wealth, length of days that will come to you as a result of that wisdom. Do you know what I just said? Well, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 3. Let's see some other things about Solomon's wisdom. 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 3. It says, and when the queen of Sheba has seen the wisdom, seen the what? Wisdom. Seen the what? She's seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel. Come on, say amen, somebody. His cupbearers also and their apparel. And his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. Another translation that says, his wisdom made her breathless. Took her breath away. Come on, say amen, somebody. What was it? See, it was the way he did things. It was what? The way he did things. See, these were things that were not unusual in a court. But the way he did things displayed so much wisdom that it made her breathless. 
She goes on to say in verse 5, and she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy what? Wisdom. Verse 6, how be it I believe not their words until I came and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not even told to me. Thou exceedest the fame that I heard. In other words, she was blown away by his what? By his what? Wisdom. Look at 2 Chronicles 9.22, verse 22. Just drop down. And it says, And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth and riches and what? It says what? King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in what? Riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon. To hear what? To hear his what? Wisdom that God has put in his heart. Do what? Put in his heart. Glory to God. It says, and all the kings of the earth sought what? The presence of what? Solomon. They did what? They sought the presence of what? Solomon to hear what? His wisdom that God had what? That God has what? That God has what? God put in his heart. But this is what I want you to begin to understand about the larger context or the bigger picture of wisdom and how important it is in our life. Are you following me out here? First of all, it will bring a level of blessing to you. It'll bring a level of blessing to the body of Christ. Or whatever you're responsible for that nothing else can bring. Are you following me out here? See, Israel enjoyed 40, a 40-year 40 period. They enjoyed a what? 40-year period period of peace and prosperity such as they had never experienced before and what had never experienced again they experienced all that under Solomon it was unmatched in their history what did it wisdom did that tell neighbor wisdom did that wisdom and leadership wisdom or leadership did that come on say amen somebody well what else did wisdom and leadership do it brought the whole earth to an awareness of the people of God and the leadership God had provided for his people. You read what I just said? It brought what? It brought the whole earth to what? An awareness of the people of God and the leadership God had provided for his what? People. Point being, if we want to affect the world we live in, if we want to affect the world we live in, the emphasis is not necessarily evangelism. Even though evangelism is important. Come on, say amen, somebody. But that's not how we bring the world into the kingdom of God. Come on. See, we make them aware of the kingdom of God in these matters. But it's when they see the answers to human need being met in a way that they are unable to meet it. That brings them to a point of becoming part of the kingdom. 
Let me say that again. When they see the answers to human need being met in a way they are unable to meet it, folks. That breaks them to a what? A point of becoming part of the kingdom. So the question is, what's God's purpose? Well, what did he tell us to pray in Matthew 6.10? What did he tell us to pray? What's God's purpose? What did he tell us to pray? He said, thy kingdom come. You had it the first time. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And where? Earth where? As what? As it is where? In heaven. When? Now. When? When? Come on, say now. When? So you don't want to wait till you get to heaven to experience these things. Come on, say amen, somebody. But you bring his kingdom to pass on the earth when? 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 Now. Don't be looking to the millennium reign. That's going to happen then. We're to bring it when? Bring it when? Now. Well, what is his kingdom defined as? What is his kingdom defined as? Basically, it's his dominion and his influence according to W.E. Vines. It's his what? Dominion and his what? Influence according to who? W.E. Vine. So when you see the kingdom referenced, it is his what? Dominion and his what? Influence. It's his will that to be what? It's, it's his will that it be brought to win, pass, or to bear in the earth now, even as it is where? In heaven. Are you following me out here? The primary tool we have to do that, his will and earth as it is in heaven, the primary tool we have to do that is wisdom of God. Is the what? Wisdom of God. That's the primary tool. Is what? What? The wisdom of God. See, it's the world seeing answers to problems solutions, seeing a level of creativity and innovation that isn't happening anywhere else. Are y'all listening to me out here? That's when the world comes just like they did to Solomon. When what? When the world sees the answers to problems solutions, and they see in a level of creativity and innovation that isn't happening anywhere else, that's when the world comes just like they did to Solomon. Somebody say wisdom. It's a principal thing. Let's see something else about wisdom. Go to Exodus 31.1. We're not born you, are we? Let's see something else about wisdom. Exodus 31 verse 1. Because we need to know the source of this wisdom. Yes. What is the source of this wisdom? It says in Exodus 31, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, <clears throat> See, I have, called, I have called by name Bezaleel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the what? Tribe of Judah. And I have what? Filled him with the spirit of God in what? wisdom and in what understanding 
and in what? Knowledge and all manner of workmanship. Listen, this is the first man we see in the Bible to be filled with the Spirit. This is the first occasion where we see someone in the Word filled with the what? Spirit. So he's a type of the New Testament believer. Somebody say he's a type of, a new type of the New Testament believer. Why? Because we were created as what? Temples of who? The Holy Spirit. And we have a right, we have a right and privilege to live a life filled with the Holy Ghost. So we see here, Bezalel is a type of a New Testament believer. And it says here, I have filled him with what? With the Spirit of God and wisdom. And in what? Understanding. And in what? Knowledge. See, all of that comes with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, folks. And then he says, in all manner of what? In all manner of what? Workmanships. A couple of translations use the word craftsmanship. But he goes on to say in verse 4, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and to silver and in brass and cutting of stones, to set them and carving of timber, to work in all manner of what? Workmanship. Let me read the New Revised Standard Version of this scripture. I don't know if they can bring it up. New Revised Standard Version. And it says, and I have filled him with divine, with divine what? Spirit. With ability, intelligence, and knowledge of every kind of craft. To devise artistic design. To work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones for setting and in carving wood and in every kind of craft. Every kind of what? Craft. Now go back to the King James Version. Let's read verse 6. And I behold, I have given him Oliab, Aholiab, the son of Ashamach, of the tribe of Dan, and the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have what? Put what? Wisdom that they make what? They may make all that I have commanded thee. Come on, we're talking about making the best in the world. We're talking about doing what? Making the what? Not best just in St. Thomas. I'm talking about the best in the world. Come on, say amen, somebody. But listen to me closely. This is how all this shakes out. Tell your neighbor, this is how all this shakes out. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, who's filled with the Holy Spirit in here? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have within you a level of gifting that is supernatural in origin that will stun the world around you when it comes forth. Let me say that again. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how many people are filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have within you a level of what? Gifting that is supernatural in origin that will stun the world around you when it comes forth. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's there already. Come on, tell somebody else, it's there already. It's there already. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Isaiah 11, verse 2. Say, it's there already. Isaiah 11, verse 2. 
What's it say here? And the spirit of the Lord shall what? Rest upon him. The spirit of what? Wisdom and what? Understanding and what? Spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of knowledge and the what? And of the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is one of the anointings of the Holy Ghost. Anybody feel with the Holy Ghost in here? Wisdom is one of the anointings of who? The Holy Ghost. And we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. It says, but of him are you what? And where? In Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us what? Made unto us what? Made unto us what? Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and what? Redemption. So his indwelling presence and the person of the Holy Ghost is where? In us. Somebody say he's in me. Come on. We have wisdom coming out of our ears. And we don't even know it or we don't think this way. But it's in there. Say neighbor, it's in there. See what we do. We look back over our lives. And I don't know about you. We've done so many dumb things. Come on, say amen, somebody. We've done so many dumb things that we can't help but wonder, if I really got this wisdom and it's in there, where is it? <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, one of the things that he says, and it's true of anything we have in Christ, folks, See, in Christ, we can do all things. We're more than conquerors. Come on, say amen, somebody. And see, we can just sit here and celebrate of who we are in Christ. We are the healed, not the sick. Come on, we're the delivered. Come on, we're set free. We're prosperous. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, we are successes that are just looking for the right place to happen. Only one person said something like that. So nobody else's successes. Just looking for a place, the right place to happen. But the thing is, all that doesn't happen automatically. To your neighbor, it doesn't happen automatically. All of these wonderful truths of who we are in Christ are only accessible by faith. Come on. See, you have to start believing what the Bible says about you more than you believe what you see in the mirror every morning. Let me say that again. You have to start believing what the Bible says about you more than what you believe, I mean, what you see in that mirror every morning. See, it requires a deliberate process that is wisdom. Somebody say, that is wisdom. What happens? You make a decision to believe. Now, that doesn't mean you believe. You make a what? Decision to believe, but you start hearing and hearing and hearing. You start meditating and meditating and meditating. You start speaking in line with who God says you are. And then all of a sudden, the light goes off. And guess what? You start seeing some things. 
It's a progressive thing, folks. Somebody say it's progressive. Matter of fact, it's a lifelong process. Let's say what? Lifelong process. Come on, you see some things. You see some things. And guess what? It then begins to alter the way you believe. Not, not believe. It alters the way you behave. Let me say it again. You see some things, and then it begins to what? Alter the way you behave. And the next thing you know, you're putting corresponding action to your faith. And your temporal circumstance is changing to line up with who you are in Christ. Now, I said that slow. You can get it. But I'll say it one more time since this is a repeat, repeating service, I think. <laughs> Once again, you see some things. And then it begins to alter the way you behave. And the next thing you know, you're putting corresponding action to your faith. And your temporal circumstances is changing to line up with who you are in Christ. What are we told in James chapter 5, 1 verse 5? Turn there. James 1 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men, what? Liberally and upbraid of not, and it shall be what? Given him. But let him ask in what? Faith. Nothing what? Wavering. For he that wavers like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive what? Anything of the Lord for a double-minded man is what? Unstable in how many of his ways? In all his ways. See, you need to know what you're asking for. See, when you ask for wisdom, it's not just a general thing. It's not just, Lord, I need some wisdom about everything. No. To your neighbor, no. You need to know what you're asking for. And you need to know what to look for when you ask. Let me say it again. You need to know what you're asking for. And you need to know what to look for when you ask. This is the, listen, this is the only way you can avoid being double-minded. Are you following me out here? Because why? When you know what you're asking for, say it again, when you know what you're asking for and you know what to look for, then your husband or wife comes up to you and says, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're not going to waver about it. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, how many times have you thought you heard from the God, heard from the Lord about something you've been praying about? That someone hasn't come up to you and tell you, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Has that ever happened to anybody? <laughs> or they'll say something that 
undermines what you believe you heard. Amen. See, wisdom deals in terms of our gifting and the unfolding plan of God in our lives. Let me say it again. Wisdom deals in terms of our gifting and the unfolding plan of God in our lives. Wisdom deals with more of what the Holy Ghost speaks to us than what the Word does. Let me say it again. Wisdom deals with more of what the Holy Ghost speaks to us than what the Word does. See, the Word is the general will of God for all believers of all ages. The Word defines the foundation of who we are. But then when it comes to the particulars of what God has for you and the wisdom that's needed in your life, family or business or even ministries, those are the things that the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can we do understand what I'm saying? Amen. But the problem is the words that the Holy Ghost speak to you. That's the word that's more easily contested by the enemy of your soul. It's more more contested because why? Amen. It's not something you can pull out the pages of your Bible. So that's why he contests it. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's why he comes against it. That's why he tells you you're crazy. And see, the context of asking for wisdom, are you following me? It begins in verse 2, which we will study next week. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in prayer. <laughs> all heads bowed and all eyes closed in prayer. He said, ask for wisdom, folks. Wisdom is the principal thing. I'm talking about godly wisdom now. Remember, there's two types of wisdom. God deals with both. But you got to ask God for wisdom. Stop doing things on your own. Stop doing things in your own thinking, in your own mind. When God has the wisdom for every area of your life to make sure it's successful. And it'll draw the world to his kingdom. Because they'll say, boy, look what the Lord has done in their lives. Because of the wisdom they see in you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So just begin to ask God for wisdom. Remember I said, not just a general. Lord, I want wisdom or everything. No. Find out exactly what you want wisdom for. Come on, say amen. Glory to God. Know what you're asking for as it pertains to wisdom. What do I need wisdom for? Do I need wisdom for my children? Do I need wisdom for this business? Do I need wisdom for this job? Do I need wisdom on how to handle this, these, these millions coming into my life? Come on, say amen. If you don't believe it, you can't receive it. 
But know what you're asking for. And you need to what? Know what to look for when you ask. What am I looking for? Now that I've asked it. Know what to look for when you ask. I know what to look for. What's it going to look like? Because once I know what it looks like and I know what I'm asking for, I'm not what? Double-minded. I'm not wishy-washy, wondering, doubting. Come on, say amen, somebody. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Because I know what I ask for. And I know what to look for. Come on, say amen, somebody. So begin to ask the Lord specifically, what do you need wisdom for? He said, ask for wisdom. And he'll give it to you liberally. He'll give it to you freely. You don't have to pay for it. He wants you to have it. Glory to God. Glory to God. So lift your hands and begin to give God praise. Lift your hands and begin to give God glory. Come on, say, I believe I received the wisdom for that particular area. But we talked about you got to have the knowledge. That means I need scripture that I need to study. Come on, I need to meditate on. Why? That gives wisdom something to work with. But I'm not getting any word. Wisdom has nothing to work with. Come on. You need what? Knowledge. That takes what? Study it. Come on, say amen, somebody. That takes what? Meditating. That takes what? Listening to anointed preaching. Have a CD or tape going on in your car all the time. Have the word going forth in your home all the time. Come on, say amen, somebody. First thing in the morning, you're not getting up talking about what's in the sports or news. Nah, you're listening to Gloria Copeland or Kenneth Copeland or Creflo Dollar or to start your day off. Come on. Because why? why? You're listening to anointed preaching because why? Now you're giving wisdom something to hold on to. Come on, lift your hands before.